0: August 18. August 18. Is and, uh, thank the Weiss family
1: for sponsoring this wonderful event and the uh, commemoration of uh, Dr. Hill, Dr. James Weiss. And without
0: further ado, I'd like to ask Herman to say a few words. Usually not nervous speaking, but. I just want to thank the committee the amazing committee brian and uh michael and everyone uh, associated i don't want to name them by names although i didn't i did name them by names um those of you here and those you're not here thank you very much for putting this together um and it's kind of uh surreal standing here exactly a year after uh you know not having such a a, a good day but um my brother and my, my mom and my family. It's been a, it's been a long year, uh, so I just going to say a couple of things, and then I'll let Rabbi Wine take over. So I, I miss my dad, and uh, a lot of you may not have known that. This year was very long, and physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, I found myself thinking about my father a lot. On the way to Shul, standing at the Ahmed, on the way from Shul, thinking about the next minion. I uh, just thought about him constantly, and. Um, and it was, uh, it was very different than anything I've ever experienced. And a lot of you know me. I'm a very emotional guy. And it, uh, it, it, was, uh, it, it hit me when I had to say the Kiel Mali this morning in, in Shul, to couldn't say this past Shabbos. Uh, I, that really just like, smacked me. And this whole day, I've been really feeling it quite heavy. Uh, quite um, but let's talk about some highlights of this past year. There were 27 weddings, bar mitzvahs, and smachot uh, that I missed. <laughs> So (laughs) there were 57 different minion places that I was in, and uh, one day, and I'm sure this is not unique, but it was unique to me, uh, I had a minion in three continents. I had uh, Shachris at Ben Gurion, Mincha in Iceland, and Myrav in uh, Boston. So that was uh, was, uh, pretty cool. Uh, but more than that, um, I, I think really the highlight of the year for me was really just thinking about my dad. Not, not about his last few years, because his last few years were challenging for everybody, although I think his panemius really came out and, and that's what I want to talk about. Thought about growing up in his house, in my mom's house, and, uh, and from a very, very young age, I made the distinct decision that I was not going to be like him and I was not gonna grow up to be like him. And only in the past few years, uh, I'm sorry, uh, in, only in the past year have I figured out how miserably I have failed at that.
1: <laughs>
0: to those of you who, who knew him or, d- or didn't know him, he was a teacher, he was a teacher's teacher. He was a, a, a I want to say a voracious reader, but he was also a ferocious reader. Anything he got his hands to, uh, he would read. Uh, he could go uh, toe-to-toe uh, and hand-in-hand with, with the rabbinim, with great rabbis and uh, noble laureates. Um, but one of the traits that I've only really now begin to appreciate um, really in the past few months was his absolute transparency he had no secret agenda what you saw on his inside was what was on the outside for good and for bad um, I think um, and I hope this is really what I take after him the most this transparency, what you see is what you get and what was interesting when I was listening to Remy uh, Goldsmith gives the, 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 the Parsha day by day, five-minute Torah, he talked about in the fourth Aliyah that this is seemingly anomalous Pasuk in Paragyud uh, Ches, Pasuk Yud Gimel. Tamim Hashem It says that you should, you should be um, wholehearted. That's the way that our scroll translated it. But Tamim in in vernacular Hebrew is simpleton almost. But we talk about Hashem uh, called Yaakov as an Ishtam. So Tam has an a interesting... A connotation. Um, Rashi describes it that the pasuk before talk, talks about um, about diviners. When you if you, something bad happens to you, don't go to a fortune teller to figure things out. It's, you have to accept everything that Hashem does. Each time you have to be completely wholehearted in your acceptance of God. Rev Dov Zev Weinberger in the Shem and um says that the Tamim also has a different word. It's, it's Two mean, like twins Twi- And twins connotates two. Con- connotates synchronization, coordination, uh, one corresponding to the other, one matching. And, and he concludes, this is the way we should live life. Our inside should be like our outside. No hypocrisy. Complete harmony. No conflict. What you say is what you get and what's on the inside is on the outside. And that's really what um, my father could not uh, what, what my father could not tolerate. He could not tolerate hypocrisy. He was Anish Tom um, in the most utmost of the word. When he became from it and later on in, in life and he picked up the Torah, there was no debate. There was no debate. He had to move to Israel with my mom, make Aliyah, live here, and that was it. He had to be from my dad. Th- my brother spoke at the at the Levi'ah about his educated friends who he put on the spot because he couldn't learn something and live something uh, and not live it. And and that's hopefully what I've taken away from his life. I believe he was uh, so successful in his mission because of his mentor and spiritual leader, my mother. <laughs> but, but her mentor and spiritual leader was certainly Rabbi Wine. And my father, even before he gravitated towards Rabbi Wine, even before he was from. And we can share stories, and we have shared stories, uh, but this is really not what you came here to hear those stories, although very interesting. But our family and the generations to follow will only have the utmost, Nakar Now, Na'karasa is not just giving thanks, it's actually recognizing the good. And it's really only fitting that uh, Rabbi Wine is here today to share a few words of Torah on the eve of my father's yorzai. And it really gives me unbelievable, great pleasure to invite Rabbi Wine to say a few words.
1: 40 years uh, that I have known the Weiss family Uh, I uh, must admit it's been an experience remarkable people honest people and uh, Dr. Weiss was a teacher in the yeshiva that I headed in Muncie for many years. He taught uh, 12th grade English, and uh, he was a remarkable teacher. Any student who had him as a teacher remembers it. And uh, people once asked me if you can hire somebody that, uh, so to speak, is observant and would be a role model for the boys and Dr. Weiss then was not yet observant Dr. Weiss was always religious he just wasn't observant yet there's a difference I feel that most Jews are religious even if they are not observant but anyway I was asked why did you choose him? I said, because he's the best 12th grade English teacher available, and uh, he rewarded uh, my judgment many times, and uh, eventually, when he uh, came to observance, he came to it intellectually, which is the introduction that I want to uh, give to the words to the Torah idea that I want to talk about here this afternoon there is a a great Torah tradition uh, ascribed to the Vulnagon that the entire book of Dvorim is really the history of the Jewish people Parsha by Parsha and that by uh, understanding what the Parsha stand for we are able to see the progression of the Jewish people throughout the ages so for instance the first Parsha in Dvorim is Dvorim now Dvorim tells us about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. it tells us about the exodus from Egypt that's the beginning of our history that's the first foundation, first pillar of faith. Mitzvahs that we perform, we say they are Mitzrayim. The holiday of Pesach is devoted to remembering Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Should always remember that we were once slaves in Egypt and that the Lord redeemed us and if we remember that we were once a slave and we were redeemed so there's a corollary idea that we will remember that it must be for a purpose there must be a mission involved because otherwise why bother And that's what the Lord told Moshe. When he assigned him the task of redeeming Israel, he's told him, This mountain, where we're standing now, you will worship me. You're going to make them a great people. You're going to take a rabble of slaves and make them the chosen people. So the first idea is that we were redeemed. And really, that's the idea that we are special. And the one thing that a Jew has to feel is that he or she is special. We live in a time when. Uh, Everybody's the same. I'm okay, you're okay, it doesn't make a difference. But that's not true. We are special. And if we don't want to be special on our own, the Lord, so to speak, has his methods of reminding us that we are special. So the Parsha Dvorim teaches us our beginnings. The Parsha of Et has in it the Aseret Advarim, the Ten Commandments, Shema Yisrael. It teaches us what a Jew is—that we stood at Har Sinai, all of us, and we made a commitment. The Rabbi Shalom said, said, "V'yisal li'sgula mikol Ami. You will be unto me a treasure from all nations. You're going to be special. Again, the idea of being special. (laughs) Mamleches koanim v'goi kadosh. The kingdom of priests. A holy people. That's what you're going to be. Now, if uh, somehow we fall short of that, that doesn't make a difference because the Lord has made that commitment to us and in every generation we try to renew that commitment to Him. The great Baal Shem Tov said that in heaven they judge a Jew not only by what he or she is but by what he or she wishes to be. We all wish to be holy. We all wish to be a kingdom of priests. We all wish to be a treasure amongst nations. And therefore what our aspirations are also color who we are. What are our goals? The famous idea that Chazal say, and a person should always say, Mosa Yagiyah, Masai Lamase Avosai. When will I be like Avraham Yitzhak and Yaakov? When will I be like Sora Rivka Rochel Valea? Well, I'm never going to be like Avraham Yitzhak and Yaakov. But I would like to be. I'd like to be my grandfather. He was a Talmud, uh, who knew the entire Talmud who was a remarkably holy person I'd like to be him if I'm not, I'm not but I would like to be him and that therefore governs how a person views oneself and how one thinks that one should be so that brings us to Akiv. The word Akiv in Hebrew um, can mean because or since. It speaks of intellectual understanding. I understand why to be a Jew. Intellectually, I understand it. And that's what I meant about Dr. Weiss. Dr. Weiss had a great intellect he thought he read he knew a lot and he came to understanding Judaism from knowledge from sophistication from appreciation of the human mind and therefore that's a level of achievement Person should always say Ladas, as Elohim The Rambam says that the main mitzvah of life is ladas, to know, to know intellectually, to know logically. Now that's a great achievement. Not everybody can do that. Not everyone is equipped to realize these things but again the goal of the Jewish people was always hayom ki hu you should know it like I know that it's light outside so should I know that God exists and that we are related to him But if Akev doesn't apply, then we have Re. We can see things. If we only but look. For instance, Dovra Melach said, Mipsori erze loka. From my own flesh, from my body, I see God. The human body is perfection. It is unbelievable, I shouldn't say in front of Herman, who's a doctor but doctors i think more than anyone else can testify we uh, complain when uh, god forbid something is not in order but we expect that it will always be in order and do we realize what it takes to take a step to see something my father-in-law blessed memory of levine in detroit So in his later years, uh, he uh, was under the care of a cardiac professor at the University of Michigan. And it was at that time that uh, sonograms and other computer-driven views uh, entered into medicine so that the doctor could absolutely see what was going on. So once I remember that he was taking an echocardiogram, and the physician, the professor, said to Rabbi Levine, look at this machine, look we can see, I see your heart pumping, and my father-in-law said to him, look at the machine, look at the heart, that's the machine, pumps 72 times a minute. For decades on end. That's the machine. So if a person looks at life that way. As David did. So mipsori eloka, I see God every minute. That's why we have a blessing for uh, natural behavior. Nobody in the world has that. we thank God for the fact that our bodies function and work and then we could also see if we looked at history which was one of Dr. Weiss's favorite topics look at the story of the Jewish people nobody else is around that was here 3,700 years ago. And we're still here, why? The Torah said, Lo mirubchem not because you are many. You're the fewest of all people. When Josephus wrote the history of the Jews at the time of the second temple, uh, the, he said that there were about six million Jews in the Roman Empire. At that time, there were about thirteen million Chinese in the world. Today, there are a billion six hundred million Chinese in the world. We're nowhere near that. We're the smallest of all people. You got to work to get a million. here look at that how did that happen no other people in the world has renewed an ancient language and made it the spoken tongue except for American immigrants but the spoken tongue of a country nobody ever came back there's no comebacks in history Great Britain's never going to have Hong Kong again. And we're here. And not only that, that, we feel we're entitled to be here. So see, look. And look at also at all the mistakes that have been made. And they say insanity is repeating the same policy that failed over and over again. You know it's, uh, I think today is 25 years since Oslo, look, see, see what the result was. And therefore that ability, it should govern our wisdom. The Jews in Germany in the 19th century said, We're just like everybody else. We're Germans of the Mosaic persuasion. Didn't turn out to be like that. A great section of the Jewish people today are falling off to the edge of the cliff simply by repeating that error you know, Karl Bach used to say that if he spoke at a uh, at an occasion at a university and then he asked the student uh, what are you? so if the student said I'm Catholic okay, he's Catholic One said, I'm Protestant, I'm Protestant I'm Muslim, I'm Muslim but if the student answered I'm a human being he said that's a truth That's the error. It's again the loss of the idea of being special. So, therefore, Re gives way to Shoftim. There are consequences, there are judges. Things happen. And if we look again at Jewish history and at what has happened to us over all of these centuries, So then we have to come to certain realizations both for us individually and for the Jewish people as a whole as a nation the Rabboni Shalom uh, has his weapons there was a time uh, the Novi Yechezko tells us Thank you. It's a stage prop. The Novi Hezkel tells us that the elders of Israel came to him. It's in the twelfth chapter of the Novi, when they were already in the Babylonian exile. and they said to him, "Listen, we quit." We were exiled from our land, the temple is destroyed, we're here in Babylonia, we're never going back home. And they said the famous words, K'cholagoyim beis Yisrael. All right, so we're, that's it. We're Babylonians of the Mosaic persuasion. The Novi is speechless, he doesn't know what to respond that night he has a prophetic vision and in it he hears the voice that says to him tell them as follows tell them to forget it that's never going to be I will never let them be like everyone else I will rule over them a generation later we have the story of Homan and Puri so Shoften God judges us and the rule of law many times coerces us into certain behavior and then the Torah says Kiseitze so God threw us out of the land we went into exile in in exile uh, 1,700, 1,800 years. Now, no nation can survive in exile for that period of time. It is unimaginable. And the world changes. You know, in 1898, uh, shortly before I was born, the, uh, the Kaiser of Germany, the II, visited the Holy Land. Germany then wanted to establish its presence here. That's why we have a German colony in Yerushalayim. All of the major empires of the world tried to assert uh, their... Uh, control over Yerushalayim and over this land so that's why there's a Greek colony and there's uh, the Austrian consulate there's the British colony all of these things are their attempt to do so so in any event Herzl went to see him he saw him at Mikveh Israel outside of Tel Aviv today in Tel Aviv and Herzl tried to convince him, Herzl was convinced that the only way there could be a Jewish state in the land of Israel would be under the sponsorship of one of the great empires of the world. In other words the Jewish state would be one of the dominions of this great empire and the empire would provide uh, foreign service and uh, diplomatic service and uh, Uh, military protection, the Jews couldn't do it on their own, but uh, that was his idea. So he tried to convince the Kaiser. In fact, uh, Herzl's idea was that the language here that would be spoken by the Jews would be German. And uh, the Kaiser was very cool to the idea. And he said to him, Herr Herzl, You know that in order for a Jewish state to arrive All of the major empires of the world will have to collapse And he enumerated them The French Empire, the British Empire, the Austrian Empire The German Empire, the Russian Empire, the Ottoman Empire All would have to collapse And he said, Herr Herzl, you know that that is impossible But the Kaiser was a prophet because no empire that began the 20th century completed it. Everybody is in the dustbin of history except us. So just to realize that it's not a matter of faith it's just a matter of observing what the world looks like should alone guarantee our understanding of our special nature. But we were in exile all the time. And all of a sudden, Kitovo, who started to come back, why, when, where, the 19th century in the 20th century, Jews started to come back. You come back to the land. But the parsha of Kitovo contains within it the awful tokecha, the ninety-eight curses. It is the story of the destruction of the Jewish people. Now you don't have to believe the Torah. We have film of it. Every word in the parsha, we have it, it's, it's on film. children destroyed families destroyed communities destroyed sadism cruelty beyond words hunger disease but Kitovo, but you're going to go back to the land the Toshecho is real as we know that it is real but that doesn't change the pattern of God So after Kitovo is atemnitzovimajom Kukhem, now you're standing. Here you are. You're a mighty nation. You have a great air force, wonderful military, you have an economy, you have an infrastructure. They even fixed Route (laughs) thirty-eight. They are all standing. It's remarkable. Remarkable what has been done here. The person that has miracles performed doesn't recognize it. We accept it as the, that's the way it's supposed to be. But we'll go to other countries that were founded 70 years ago and see what they look like go to Africa, go to South and Central America, go to parts of Asia. Are we so smart? Are we so talented? him, I promised you, you would stand up you hang on to me you'll see you'll all be here it'll be as though the exile never happened and after Nitzvahim is HaZinu I know there's Vayelich but they go together HaZinu you listen for once, you'll listen. We have a bad habit that we don't listen. We don't listen to other people. We don't listen. To, we don't listen to our children. We don't. We don't listen. It's a special talent to be able to listen. And because there's so much noise in the world, and there's so much, uh, we're drowned in the nonsense that never, never stops in our time. So we don't listen, we don't hear. You know, uh, when I had the yeshiva in Munsee, so once I uh, suggested to a young man that was in our smicha program, who was looking to get married, I suggested that uh, I knew this uh, girl and her family and I thought that it was a perfect match and that uh, he should take her out so the rabbit told him that he has to do it so he, he begrudgingly took her out I saw him a day two days later and I said so how did it go and he hemmed and he hawed and, and I saw that it didn't go so I said what's the matter he said she's too quiet I said grab her <laughs> don't let her go Because in our world, too quiet is, uh, you know, that's a defect. Cold momadaka yishoma. You can only hear the cold momadaka in quiet. If there's a cacophony of noise going around, you never can hear it. To be able to hear it. So that's how You'll hear it. That's why the Gemara always talks about Shofro show Mashiach. The Mashiach blows Shofro. We'll hear the Shofro. You got to listen to it. And my Rebbe always used to say. He said it about radio. Then, you know, all the sounds of the world are in this room right now. Every sound wave is here. The only thing is, I need an apparatus that can dial in the right frequency so I can hear the sound I want to hear. So, Every day there is a voice that comes forth from Mount Sinai. To remind us of Torah, to remind us of who we are. But if I'm not tuned to the frequency, I can't hear it. So there'll come a time of hazinu that we'll be able to hear it, and then the Lord will bring us to the zos habrocha, to a blessing, individual and national and universal. A blessing not only for us, but for everyone else. The world doesn't understand, and yet they sense, that their blessing is dependent upon our blessing too. shall Yushalayim Loeshko, the Novi said. I will not be quiet as long as your shalim is not quiet. Once, when I was in uh, San Diego, so uh, I uh, wanted to have the experience of being an international traveler, so I walked across the bridge to Tijuana, to Mexico, where all the shops uh, speak Yiddish. <laughs> I was there for an hour or two, and then I walked back, and President Trump hadn't built the wall yet, so I was able to just walk back in. And I showed my uh, identity card to a big Mexican-American policeman who was the immigration officer when you check back in, and he said to me, sir, where do you live? I said I live in Jerusalem and a man said to me how fortunate you are what a blessing I wish I could live in Jerusalem I was so touched in a simple non-Jew who understands that living in Jerusalem is a privilege is a historic thing has cosmic influence he understands that and the people of the book don't know what books you're talking about so that's the bracha I used to say in the yeshiva uh, Jimmy Weiss used to imitate me he used to say the main thing in life is to get it and that's true you have to be able to get it you have to understand it if you get it then everything uh, falls into place If you don't get it none of it is in focus so the bracha is to get it and that is what Torah does for us that is what Jewish life does for us That's what knowledge of Jewish history does for us. And in our time, every Jew that lives in Eretz Israel, that's a vote of commitment. Every Jew that has a child that are parents, that's a vote of commitment. That's an investment in our future. It's a statement of belief. It's an animamim. Because otherwise, why would anyone do it? And we have to see ourselves in that light. In the greatness of what we are. And therefore, Zosabrocha brings us to chazak, chazak, v'nizchazek to strengthen ourselves and to strengthen others and the Lord will bless us with a good and prosperous and healthy and happy and peaceful new year. will be Thank you. Thank you everyone and uh, thank you
0: and we're uh, going to start uh, Marv in uh, ten to eight in five minutes. Um, I also want to thank the uh, setup committee: uh, Ari Gerber, uh, Alan, Alan Moam, um, Ronnie Lewis, Penny, and um, I want to thank everyone here. Uh, we're going to have after right after Marv will be. Refreshers in the mic. Mike. Mike. This is another one. So stay tuned for that as well.